A month ago, I posted what I guess has turned into my yearly focus on 10 new rock bands out there making music today. I've done it now four years straight, and it's a chance to try and create some semblance of a cohesive rock scene that I find lacking when I compare the genre of rock to other scenes like heavy metal and punk rock. I am fully aware that my teeny-weeny little podcast here doesn't hold too much sway in the general pop culture milieu, but I still try and push the chains forward. I'd love to see festivals, magazines, webzines, all geared toward a strict focus on contemporary rock bands. I'd love to see traveling tours stacked with contemporary rock bands and without the need to reel in legacy bands to drum up ticket sales. That would be something. It might be a case of wishful thinking, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? One of the bands I featured in that last new rock and roll episode was the OBGMs, short for the Ooh Baby Gimme Moors, a frantic four-on-the-floor rock band now parred down to a three-piece that meld punk rock, post-punk, garage rock, and straight-up rock and roll into one hell of a rock cocktail. I remember hearing about them back in... 2016 or 2017 as they were lighting up the Toronto music scene, and after going down a YouTube rabbit hole, all three of us knew it would be a great band to have out on some shows, and the OBGMs opened for us back in 2017. What struck me about the guys, of course, besides their music, was the refreshing, down-to-earth, respectful attitude they had offstage, but coupled with steely-eyed determination to kick the asses of the crowd we had brought in. Playing with a band like that only helps up your game, and in turn, the entire evening for the crowd. The OBGMs released their self-titled album that year, and were riding high on its buzz. So high, in fact, that I initially thought they'd turn down our opening slot offers. I'm glad they accepted. But after those shows, I didn't see their name highlighted as much, as much as it was leading up to our little road trip together. A couple of years went by, and I just assumed the band had gone down the familiar road that many Toronto bands who ended too soon had gone down before them. Not enough hometown support, not enough national support, a disinterest in rock in general. These poisonous arrows are definitely what has plagued Toronto bands in the past. Well, call it serendipity, but as I was collecting bands for what would eventually be the new rock and roll special episode for number 227 and episode number 229 from two weeks ago on Lost Bands, the OBGMs popped into my head. Nothing triggered it. They just popped into my head, and though I wanted to feature them, I didn't know which show or which episode they should be featured on. Number 227 on the new rock and roll bands out there, or number 229 on the lost rock and roll bands who had since broken up. A quick search revealed that, as luck would have it, out of the mist almost, they had just released a new single in three years this past May, entitled Cash. They then released another single earlier this month called Not Again. The OBGMs are back, and I'm glad too because music badly needs a band like the OBGMs. Another interesting observation has been the OBGMs on Twitter and their very forward, very brazen pushback against what they see as disregard and indifference to their music by established Canadian music platforms and mediums. I thought it was a very bold move and something few rock bands have had the backbone to do, 
All the OBGMs want is someone to play their well-deserving, ferocious tunes. It's not a hard ask. And after seeing the litany of bands that have disappeared, disbanded, and dissolved over this recurring state, I think they're in the right here. So I reached out to Denzel McFarlane, singer and guitarist, and asked him to come on the podcast and talk all things OBGM, where the band went and where they're headed. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast during quarantine, during lockdown, and going weekly has kept me occupied. So whenever someone tells me they've listened to an episode, I am genuinely thankful and surprised. I did get one listener, Ian Reed, who lives in Melbourne, Australia, asking about the noises that he hears during the chats. Those soft noises are a combination of either my dog Ralph on my lap during the talk and me petting him so as to not have him bark during the recordings, me sneaking in a sip of coffee during the discussions, or me trying to slyly better my position on my super creaky chair here like... like like that, (laughs) that I use here at my desk at home, or me scratching my cheek or whatever. Thanks for listening so intently, Ian. And if you like what you hear, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. And it's also available to listen to on SoundCloud and Spotify, if how you're hearing it now isn't the easiest for you. All right, everybody, get ready. Denzel McFarlane of the Mighty Mighty OBGMs is on the podcast, and it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flynn and Kenneth Tango's go out to love for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fucto. Stop playing Hangto. Do. When the weather is bad and there's nothing much to do, take a listen, would you now, to what Danko Jones would do. It's the middle of the night and you better do it fast. Turn the speakers up loud for Danko's podcast. When Danko and Henry Rollins talked about Joseph Stalin, I was absolutely mesmerized. And when Ian from Billy Talent took Danko to task, going so far as to call him an asshole, I could hear remorse in Danko's voice. It's a truly touching and emotionally engaging podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Hello? Danko, what's really good? How you doing, man? Hey, Denzel. Listen, man, it's great to talk to you, uh, even though it's during quarantine. Um, Of course, our bands have played together in the past. We asked you guys uh, to open up for us some shows here in Canada. Uh, I don't, I can't remember. Was it like three years ago or five years ago? Everything's a blur. Three. I think it was three. Yeah. Uh, But it was really, really good times. Uh, I was very, very, very excited. It kind of, and I don't even know if I told you this, this was like, for me, it was like, yo, the world's coming full circle. Everything we're doing is right. Uh, it's coming back to the start uh, of when I first picked up a CD. I was like, who's this guy? Uh, <laughs> let me let me take a listen to this. Uh, and it was Danko Jones, Mango Kid. Uh, and um, uh, I was like, this is this is fire. I showed it to my drummer, Kalantini. Uh, and I was like, this is, see, full circle. See how it works. <laughs> and uh, so I was really pumped to be on that tour, man. It was really fun. Yeah, we we thought you guys were great. I mean, that's why we asked you to open for us. And uh, you know, I, I uh, at the time, uh, you guys hadn't released an album. 
Am I right about that? Because I'm trying to remember the year, but I don't... Or he would just release an album? Yeah, so we... Uh, the downfall of us is that we've actually only released one album before uh, at that time. Uh, and uh, then we just re-released it like a year later. Um, uh, and like we just, we're just a band that's like always recording but never releasing music. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's the Kanye West in us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at that time, we, we had an album out, though. We like, just had an album out. Right. Okay. So then our shows had to have been in 2017 because yeah. that's when your for your your debut, your one album came out, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. The, the self-titled came out, yeah. Self-titled. And at the time, I mean, there was a lot of buzz on you guys, and we were really pumped to, to have you guys out. I was a little hesitant mm -hmm. because thinking you guys were, you know, the cool band on the scene, in my experience, a lot of bands who get a, a little bit of, you know, their first taste of... Um, uh, success or 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 you know people really giving them a lot of attention the first time when the window opens they uh, they adopt a real highfalutin attitude and I was really kind of hoping you guys didn't give that back to us on our our shows together <laughs> um, uh, and so I was I was a little standoffish at first trying to read you guys if you guys thought you were you know king shit and uh it was great <laughs> it was great to, to find out you guys were just regular down-to-earth guys yeah like i pride myself like on anybody that we've toured with like we know that like we we weren't we aren't the openers we are guests uh so like anybody that we've ever really played a show with that's like been uh been nice enough to actually take us anywhere like i i want to make sure that they know that like we we know that we're guests here uh, and that uh, we're going to do whatever it is to be very, very respectful uh, and very, very professional. Like, uh, so what does that mean? Like, and a lot of bands know this. Got to sound check on time. Got to get off stage on time. Got to keep your set times tight uh, in, in and out, right? Because at the end of the day, the show isn't being sold on an OBGM show. It's being sold as a Danko Jones show. You are a guest. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so, uh, so that's how I treat it anytime we're on tour with anybody. Yeah, because um, I think it had just happened where we, we took this band um, and we didn't really see that, that. It's always like this. Whenever we choose the opening band, uh, we always have a great time with them. But when an opening band is foisted onto us because of, you know, oh, you know, it's a it's a it's a favor for a friend or this or that, it it doesn't always end up being great so i think around that time we had just done a tour across uh, i'm not going to say where because <laughs> people will figure it out but we had just uh, done a tour with a band and um didn't know them beforehand uh they were um friends of friends kind of um and by the end of the tour the last show of the tour they went over five ten minutes over their set time and when our tour manager said hey you know, that's it. You got to cut your set. The lead singer turned to our tour manager on stage and said, fuck off. Yeah, you're 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 a rock star. I don't understand why you're. Yeah. Rock star. So, so we we uh, we just uh, I think we had I think it had just been like a few months since then. And then, you know, where I was like, oh, here comes another band of the week that everybody <laughs> loves. They're going to give us the attitude. But no, it was great. You And. 
the reason why we asked you, regardless of whatever attitude you may or may not have had, is you guys were amazing. And leading up to the shows, I saw that. Of course, you're probably sick of talking it to, about it by now, but the Budweiser uh, Dreams Are Made uh, video on YouTube, I'd seen that leading up to the shows. That's also what made me think, my God, these guys are, these guys are going to come on our rinky-dink shows and, <laughs> and, like, and, just, and just assume they're the headliner and we're the closing band. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, if anyone listening is trying to figure out what I mean, there's a video of you guys walking into a club yeah. thinking it's a regular night uh, and then it's, it turns into your headlining show what was that all about? Um, I think that happened like a, a year or two before that. And right. um, the, way it, the way it broke down was um, somebody reached out to us uh, via email uh, and they were just saying uh, they want to shoot a documentary on, on independent bands that are on the scene and uh, they'd love to talk to us. Uh, and I was like, cool, nobody wants to talk to us. Our email, our email is empty. <laughs> so, so, uh, um, uh, nobody wants to talk to us. Nobody wants to do anything for us. And like, that's when I started taking on the mantra of like, do everything that makes sense. I was right. like, this makes sense. Uh, so, um, so I had to coax like some of the band members to actually come to this because they had to take off like work and move things around. And it was kind of a quick turnaround for it. Um, so they take us to, uh, a bar, like, right beside, uh, uh, the opera house. Okay. And, okay. and uh, and they're, like, talking to us. They're like, all right, you guys go set up right there, and you're going to play a song, you're going to do an interview, and then, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to play another song. I'm like, cool. We spent a week rehearsing to make sure we looked good for this. We're going to be good, looking good for this independent documentary. Fantastic. We do a song. They interrupted me in the middle of the song. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, all right. So they're probably not recording this, but I'm mad because I'm like, I don't know if this was good. Maybe they're trying to tell us that we're trash. <laughs> so uh, uh, they take us to a room, uh, and uh, and they're like, all right, we're gonna start doing the interview. They ask a bunch of questions, and uh, they take us back to what was worse, where our, our gear was supposed to be. But the lady was saying that she, oh, you know, there's some cool hipster furniture here you want to check it out i'm like i don't give a shit about hipper hipster furniture i'm trying to play my song right now better well <laughs> <laughs> okay cool i'll go um and we're led down this like dark tunnel and i was like this this doesn't look like a hipster spot first off it's way too exclusive uh and and, uh, and um by the time i put it together i was like these steps look familiar I'm in the opera house, boom, and that's when uh, the lights turned on and uh, and everything happened from there. Right, crazy. And there were a lot of little indicators that we should have known something was up, but we really weren't paying attention. Like uh, uh, an hour before that, when we were doing an interview, one of our friends contacted us and said, "Hey, I saw like ten people in your shirts. What's going on?" Uh, and oh my god, <laughs> shirts. Cool. Um, <laughs> together. That's crazy. Didn't think of anything of it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, um, but yeah, we uh, did that. It was a it was a really cool experience because um, they they literally just wanted to help uh, an independent band. Uh, so they helped uh, pay f get our to get our record uh, recorded. They helped uh, they helped uh, did a bunch of press for us. Uh, put the song around the world. Got us got our song in like the Olympics or the World Cup or something like that. They did a bunch of a bunch of little things. 
and like wow. ask for nothing in return. It was really, really cool. Um, wow. It was a cool experience, and it and it helped us uh, like just uh, get a little bit more known, you know. Uh, so definitely very, very, uh, um, very, very grateful for that experience because it taught me a lot of things. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not as connected to the Toronto music scene as I used to be. Um, it's the inevitable result of going on tour and touring and touring and touring. And and I think that helped uh, give me awareness about you guys. I mean, if, if all they're promoting and plugging of you guys, I am definitely a result of that. Putting Same. you guys on my radar, uh, it, it had to have been. Um, because when I saw that and then, then I did a little bit more, you know, going down a rabbit hole with you guys and like, who, who, what is this? But why don't I not, not know about this band? Because you guys were so good. Um, but then, you know, past experience, of course, like I was saying, leads me to believe they're good and they've got an attitude. Uh, (laughs) so, but no, it's so great. And, and, uh, yeah, since then. And of course, there were a few shows uh, in Ontario since then. You know, I've, I've been a, a big booster of you guys. Whenever you know your name is brought up, I'm like, oh yeah, OBGMs. You should, you know, you should hear about them. And I actually, uh, a few weeks ago, put a. I do this yearly where I do I focus on ten new rock bands out there, and uh, OBGMs were in the last crop of ten bands. You know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a big fan. I'm I'm happy to see that you guys are now slowly, very slowly through piecemeal, giving everyone new material. Yes. Uh, and it's two songs so far, and they were um, released uh, one at a time. And there is like a, a time between each single, right? It's not just yeah. weekly, yeah. right? No, no, we're gonna we're gonna spread it out like. The apocalypse outside has kind of changed the plan. Okay. Uh, so um, we want to uh, kind of just see how do we build, like we're very much an unknown band, right? So how do we build an audience without playing shows and without being able like, to share those moments with people um, and like not just burn an album that we think is like really, really great? Um, so we're literally just going to drip it out to people and hopefully release by October, but very, very excited for it. And how has the response been for the, for cash, which was the first one that I saw. And then, then a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, not again came out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. how's it been? Like, how's it been for cash? I mean, cash has been out for, for, a cash, while. for, for cash, particularly because there's like two different types of songs. So for cash, particularly we got like a really, really uh, we got the response that we wanted, which mm-hmm. was like we're we're we have you haven't heard it from us for years now. Um, uh, we're gonna make sure we slap you in the face and we do something that like we feel is like different uh, and uh, and know that hey we're here. Um, it helped uh, bring awareness to like the aggression that we really want to have, which is on our records, uh, not with people. <laughs> so so uh, um, so it was a really, really good response. Uh, it got uh, picked up on some cool playlists, but it more just brought, brought awareness to like this unknown band that's, that's kind of doing something different with loud music. Um, so Not Again is interesting because, uh, or this is something that our band kind of just faces regularly, is uh, whether people think we're punk or not. Um, and uh, not, that, not that I care, but... It's a, uh, it's, it came out. 
it, it got pretty good, pretty well received. We're getting nothing but positive feedback. But like I, I'm a I'm a person that comment creeps. I pay attention to everything everybody is saying about us. Um, and like a lot of the comments are like, these guys, these guys aren't punk. These guys aren't indie. These guys are blah blah blah. So that's something that we saw a lot, or that I saw a lot more for this song. Where still very very popular, sort of very very positive. Like we've got like some good traction with it, but but like the haters are coming out. <laughs> the haters are coming out of their, their troll hands. Who? So okay, so you say you comment creep, which is a new term for me. I've never heard that term before. <laughs> but since you comment creep, I think the. Um, the natural thing for a comment creeper as yourself would yes. be to check out the commenta- commenters' profile. So, who are oh. the who are the people who are commenting? Do they think are they punk rock aficionados, experts, or an older punk rock crowd, or people who just got into punk rock uh, three weeks ago and think that they know everything about punk? It's interesting, right? Um, the part of that is that the internet is such a such a weird space where it can be anybody. Like it can be a it can be a five year old learning to type, and it can be a seventy year old man or woman or whatever it is, right? Like you never really know. Um, but my thing is, I don't I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care if somebody wants to say something. Like I'm I'm comfortable in having a conversation with them uh, with it uh, and checking that conversation. If you want to say something about us and we find it. Um, you might get you might get a conversation with us. Like I don't think anybody's like Joey Ramone from the grave typing, you know. Uh, but but, but uh, uh, well, it's, I just ask because you know sometimes I'll post some uh, socio political thoughts, and whenever I get pushback, I go, "Why? This is a I'm not saying anything very controversial, you know, like." Um, wear a mask, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 10 times out of 10, the person pushing back, uh, to my comment, uh, is definitely, is like mega make yes. American a great again, um, Trump or, or, or something vaguely racist as well. Something, some f- profiles that they follow that are vaguely or overtly racist. And then I just kind of dismiss in my mind and I go, yeah, I'm on the right side of whatever issue that I'm commenting on. So um, that's that's why I ask because if someone's, you know, I'm not going to name bands, but if they have a whole list of their favorite bands and it's just, you could tell they're, they yeah. just got into punk rock and they're dispensing their opinion on punk because punk rock is an interesting genre in itself. There's so many different sounding bands under the umbrella of punk rock as opposed to heavy metal and even hard rock, yeah. punk rock is so wide. Like the Cro-Mags and the Clash sound Ooh. like two different bands, but they're both classified as punk rock bands. Absolutely. So what does what does anyone who 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 are who are they to you know figure out whether or not you're punk and say that you're not when you identify as a punk rock band? Yes. Yeah, you're right. True, true, true. Maybe I'll think about that before I start typing furiously away right back at them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say go for it. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm all for that as well. I mean, I I'm not going to engage in like mega trolls. Oh God! Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, someone who thinks you're not punk, I think they're harmless enough to engage in. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, my thing is that, like, I I appreciate all MAGA trolls. Um, because <laughs> I do. I really, really do. And, like, I want them to publicly identify themselves. I wish there was a hat. I wish there was a badge that they could wear. So I know. <laughs> and, and, and that's it, right? Because um, I, I just love conversation. I love debate. I love conversation. And, like, I'm willing to have a conversation with anybody on, like, any topic. And, like, I'll come out and say that I'm definitely not the subject matter expert on anything. I don't know anything. But mm-hmm. I do know a little bit. <laughs> so, 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 um, so, like, we're, I'm just willing to tackle any type of conversation. I, I love it. I love it. Um, as long as it's not, like, rooted in um, hate, mm-hmm. uh, speech, uh, it's, I, I love talking. If anybody's left or right politics you guys want to talk about that fantastic uh let's have a conversation about it you're the singer of your band um and that leads to a natural inclination to vent (laughs) i think right i mean it's in the job description um so (laughs) there's that you know OBGMs, this fantastic, I mean, okay, punk rock, but I hear elements of all kinds of genres in there. Uh, how did this amazing band of yours start? Oh, man, it started a long time ago. The drummer and I, we started as a two-piece. Um, we were, um, we probably still are, but uh, him more than me, uh, just producing hip-hop. Right. Uh, right. Uh, and That's uh, what I thought. Yeah, we were trying to be the new Neptunes, so right, like right. we were literally trying to just work with Toronto rappers. We actually released a, e- a hip hop EP under the OBGMs uh, uh, wow. for like a long time ago, but, and uh, this was like after our first EP, we released a hip hop one, uh, and um, we it just I wanted to do something different. Um, this was like in the mid and late two thousands, and like everybody in my community was a rapper. Every single person, their mom was a rapper, their grandma was a rapper, everybody rapped, everybody had bars, everybody produced. So I was like, how do you stand out if, if you're doing the same things and using the same means and none of you guys are doing anything really radically different? You're not trying to do anything. 
Um, so my drummer played the drums already. Uh, I didn't play. I only played the trumpet and the French horn, and those weren't cool and sexy instruments. So, so uh, uh, I learned the guitar. Uh, I went to a, I went to a, a school for music, and I found out that uh, for music production, and I found out I was the only person that didn't really play a, a sexy instrument that people use regularly. Um, and uh, I was like, I got to learn an instrument. So I learned the guitar. I learned the guitar enough to to play a song, and then we started the band, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, we were a two-piece for, uh, like, what, five years? Uh, wow. And so bouncing back and forth with that. And mm-hmm. uh, then we added uh, two other guys at the time right, uh, right. for, like, uh, three-ish years. And um, uh, then uh, now we're a three-piece. I noticed that because when you guys opened for us, you were a four-piece. Four, yeah, four of us, yeah. And now you're sl- in the new photos, you slim down to three. Slim. Tight. Tightened. So let me go back to you forming the band with Cola. Um, he played drums, yeah. and you're saying you had to learn guitar. Now, did you have, you guys were doing hip-hop beats, did you have um, a background in guitar-based music? Because you're saying you had to learn it. Yeah, yeah so that's a, great, that's a really great question. Um, at that time, I would say I knew of... I knew of guitar-based music just from knowing, you know, uh, go- gospel, blues, American blues, uh, jazz. Right. But I wouldn't say I knew a lot about, like, rock, hard rock, punk, grunge. I wouldn't say I knew a lot about it at that time. Um, I was just I was just looking for a way to play on stage with an, with an instrument that I've always wanted to learn. Um so at that time, uh, I would, I literally just became like a, more of a student uh, or more of a consumer. I can't say a student, but more of like, a, I just started overly consuming uh, all harder uh, rock genres at the time and literally just dove right in. And I found out like, I've been holding away from this for too long. Uh, growing up for me, um, where I'm from, like at the, at the time, I don't feel like it's like this as much anymore, but at the time... Uh, people would make fun of me, this black man listening to rock music. Um, I was, I remember liking Nirvana a lot uh, when I was like eight, nine. <laughs> and uh, people would like laugh at me. Um, <laughs> I would have to sing Smells Like Teen Spirit in my room, in my pillow. Uh, so nobody heard me. And it was really embarrassing uh, to be associated with it because rock wasn't identified as a genre in which black people could really do music. And, uh, um, and and it was more hip hop that was the accepted form of popular music. Absolutely, that's it. So you had to do hip hop, um, or you had to do R and B, and one or the other. You get to choose. There's your boxes. Go ahead and choose one of those. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, it's it's just crap. Um, so I was like, I want to do something different. Um, I started going to more shows. I uncovered a band named The Carps. They no longer exist, but. Really, really influential in why I started the band, why like I finally started the band instead of just postponing it. Uh, and it was it was a black drummer, brown uh, brown uh, bassist, two piece, and they were uh, and they were playing they're playing rock music. Uh, and I was like, this is amazing. Uh, they're they're from where I'm from. They look like me. Uh, this guy is is West Indian. This guy's from the West Indies. This guy's from the Caribbean. 
Um, they all look like me. They're clearly influenced from the things that I'm influenced, and they make. And this is the music that comes out of their body. Um, why am I holding myself back from embracing what's coming out of my body naturally from when I was a kid? This is the stuff that I would love to just sing alone in my room. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we just went forward with the band from there, just as a statement to be different from all these other people. You see, the thing that really bothers me about how uh, people view, um, like, hip-hop, hip-hop is, was formulated on listening to all kinds of music. Yes. The, 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 you couldn't have hip-hop without uh, knowing so much about music, where to get the breaks, uh, you know. And samples. You got to get the samples from somewhere. Exactly. Right? So, so you've got to know everything from ACDC to Anonymous Scurry. To, yeah. to, to Bach, to, to uh, Aretha Franklin. Yes. And that's what really bothers me when I hear, you know, uh, people in the hip-hop community make fun of rock music. No, you guys can't. You can't. Rock, no, rock music can, can make fun of hip-hop and be closed-minded because rock music doesn't know any better. But hip-hop, to me, hip-hop is... Is a is a a future was the future and in the future, everyone's accepted. Everyone is, you know what I mean. Everything is accepted. It's all it all comes in the melting pot, and that's what burns me up, man. It's like, and the people who told you that are the people who don't. I'm sorry, but they don't feel the music, and they don't they don't have it in them. They're just no. tourists of the music, and. Yeah, you fall. You 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 were on the right path, is what I'm basically getting at. Yeah, it took a long time, like because unfortunately, how, on how I discovered music, like it's uh, I ex I discovered it so late, like so like I should have been listening to this from like '93, like I could have been a part of something at the time instead of going backwards. Going backwards, you miss so many little things that are going on, little nuances and little cool bands that were around that maybe that weren't as popular, but they're still making great music back then. And I missed all of that. Um, only thing, only bands I would know are the bands that, um, unfortunately were like the most popular ones. Um, and, uh, and some other ones sprinkled in between. Right. So it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's something I look back on and, and wonder why. Uh, but I do know that like, if I'm able to pass a message on to the generation, it's, uh, like you can really, you can do anything. Whatever comes out of your body is how, this is the type of music you should be making. Um, it shouldn't be like we don't when we make songs. I'm not trying to make punk a punk song or a blah 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 song. I'm just picking up my guitar and playing, and whatever comes out of my body is whatever we're gonna do. Uh, and uh, that's just how I feel about it. Like uh, we may do a country album, we may do a pop album, we may do a, a folk album, we may do whatever it is. Whatever comes out of my body naturally is the story that I that I need to tell. Because that's the realest thing I can possibly say. Well, I, I hope I hope yeah your experiences in both hip hop and punk rock ha, um, push you forward rather than backward because both genres are very wide in sound. <laughs> very very very. Um, and it's funny that you got pushback from both those genres from people oh, in oh, both. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we like starting a especially then like we started the band a long time ago. So when we got started. In Toronto, there weren't a lot of like black-fronted bands at all. Uh, there weren't a lot, so they had difficulties placing us. Uh, they would try to place us on hip-hop shows all the time, 
uh, or with bands like The Roots, like all the time. Uh, and like those fans don't like us; <laughs> they don't like us at all. So, so we were we had a long, long, long pro- problem with that. Uh, that's uh, only recently started getting shaped. Started, we started shaking. <laughs> well, Canada has a has a problem with um, figuring out how to deal with uh, bands that that have non-white members, and take that from firsthand experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that firsthand. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's it's quite funny. Um, and the best is to, to laugh about it. And I think what you guys have been doing, uh, you know, online, what you've been doing, um, social media, not calling out anyone, not putting anyone out on blast, but just, just going, Hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, you know, um, now's the time for all of that. We, yeah. so this period COVID is such a, such a horrible, horrible thing that has happened to society. Like, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Uh, millions and millions, uh, billions are all affected. And now, but it's also allowed a time for people to really sit down and reflect as to what's going on uh, in society and uh, and have an honest discussion without anger. Uh, and I love that. I love that I can. I've been a black man my whole life, and I've been having these types of discussions my whole life. And it's usually rooted in oh that's so sad and forgotten of uh, or or i'm told things aren't real um in this instance people are now willing to accept uh that hey i feel a certain way something may exist something's wrong uh and what can we do to fix it and how can we work together and like that's something i think that is beautiful and whether they do it or not would be would be uh would be the next question right um because uh, it's such a Systemic racism is something so deep rooted, so subtle that you don't really pay attention to how it works. Um, that a lot of people won't really debate on, will debate on if it exists or not because they don't see it. It's not something you can see like a guitar, or um, it's just something that's rooted in the system. So, like what I was doing on Twitter was, I was a calling out, but respectfully just asking for recognition for some of these bands, uh, and uh, and we'll see where we go from there. Like uh, this is a fight that uh, I. Have been wanting to do for a long time. I've always been planning to do, uh, and uh, and now is the best time to really just amplify that message and uh, let's just get some recognition because all there's so much amazing acts out there. There's so much talent out there in the world, uh, but it's not delivered to you. Uh, and the question is why? Like why is why why did you not hear about Crownlands? Why don't you know about Crownlands? Uh, <laughs> like oh, why why don't you know about the OBGMs? Like um, why why? Uh, and having that discussion uh, like through radio or media or whatever, you'll see a, a big old tangled web of uh, things that just don't, uh, unfortunately, uh, benefit uh, people of color fronted bands at all. Uh, and that's what well, you know, I think part of the answer to those questions are are in are found in the pushback in in like just the question of whether you're punk or not. And the reason why people, some people say, oh, you're not this or you're not that is because they view music uh, in different compartments, right? And if there's a band that falls in the cracks of their different compartments, their different boxes that they, in their mind's eye, have set aside to deal with all the music that's hitting them, if you don't fall in those boxes, uh, then you can't be this and you can't be that. 
and it's it's a it's a an approach to to music that a lot of people have that that comes from how it's presented to them like there's you know radio stations that only play a certain kind of music and that's where and it goes from there you know and mm -hmm. there's magazines that only you know focus on a different kind of music I, now i was too young to know this but when you ask older people about music who are really into music yeah. back in the 60s and 70s they'd say like there would be like a rock band and then there'd be a funk band played and then there'd be like a singer songwriter the next you know the next song yeah and uh, it all made sense together. It all meshed together. And when we first started touring in Europe back in the uh, early 2000s, I was blown away by a lot of the festivals that, you know, you have a band like Hammerfall, which is a full-on Swedish heavy metal band. And then the next act was PJ Harvey. And then the next act was Manu Chao. And the next, next act was Stereo MCs. Like, it was unbelievable to me. I couldn't yep. believe that would never happen, even now in 2020. And that, yeah. was, that was actually a lineup on a stage in 2001 at the Roskilde Festival. In 2020 in Toronto at a festival, never happened. Would never happen. <laughs> could never happen. Nah. It would blow people's minds. They wouldn't know how to deal with it. Whereas in Europe, back 20 years ago, it was completely seamless. Let's talk about going forward. Like, the only people that will, the people that will lead this charge are people like, like, like you, music lovers, that are willing to dig deeper and look for, look for some new acts, look for some new things, do, some little bit, do a little bit of research. When I discovered rock and roll, um, I remember being in my basement uh, and waking up at uh, 8 a.m., and uh, going to Yahoo Music and uh, and just searching for bands until midnight and not eating because I was just looking for music because uh, I was finding this all this new music all this cool music. Um, people need to get back to that. People need to come get back to searching and loving music uh, instead of having it curated for them um, because that curation is going to leave a couple people out that you probably that you probably should hear. There's a lot of cool bands out. Well, that's what I was saying about you know. That's what I was saying about alternative routes. You know, people can't just uh, look on, uh, if you like this, you might like this on Spotify. Yeah. They oh. need to listen to podcasts and they need to, yeah. you know, check out. I mean, there was magazines, but, you know, like the magazines that still exist. And, and um, there, there, there are ways to find out about bands. And it's funny, like, you know, now that some of my usual routes have cease to exist sometimes i get uh hip to new bands from certain instagram accounts that i follow that post new the album yeah. covers of new new releases and yeah. that leads me you know into rabbit holes um so that's how i i do it these days i mean i'm i'm getting up there so i'm kind of i'm kind of getting to the point where it's like you know what I, I got Judas Priest, and I'm good, man. <laughs> um, but still, there's always you're always searching for that band that'll wow you, like 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 the band wowed you when you were some band wowed you when you were 14, you yeah. know. So I'm always looking for that feeling, um, and that's you know something to feel something to feel like, and that's it. Like I want I want I want music to make me feel something when. Like I have a new niece. Uh, she's uh, nine months old, and uh, we play music for her, and she dances. Like, how does she know how to do that? 
how does she why does that make her feel that way mm-hmm. like music is something that is just embedded in your dna it's something that's made to make you feel something you can see it when a baby is dancing nobody's taught them that <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh Mm-hmm. So, so I really want to find music that can really connect to me, like on that primal level, that that level like above, where it's not just made to fit a box, to fit a box to get played. Um, it's made because this is how it came out of their body, uh, and like you can tell the difference. I feel like I can tell the difference <laughs> um, uh, outside of like some cookie cutter stuff versus like oh, taking these lyrics, taking this delivery. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a snob like that, I think. Well, you know, your sound is very particular and hearing you talk about your back history leading up to the OBGMs, you and Cola, I'm, I'm very curious, how did you, what were the bands that influenced the sound of the OBGMs? Because you guys have a particular sound, but when I heard you and I hadn't met you guys, don't know your backgrounds with music. I thought, wow, these guys listen to this, 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 and this band. Like, you guys yep. listen to James White and the Blacks. You guys listen to, um, uh, God, uh, Minutemen. You guys listen to, you know, Birthday Party. You guys listen to uh, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. Maybe the Sonic Youth is in there. What were the bands? Because it doesn't seem like... None of the above. Like, um, yeah, it's like such, it's, a, it's such an amazing way that you found this sound. Yeah, because, like... Unfortunately, since you're dealing with two people that are just complete novices and uh, ill, uninformed when it comes to rock, uh, and, like we just it just came out of our bodies like that. Like I wouldn't say that we were really uh, inspired by, by any band in particular, but I would say that some of the bands I was listening to when we were when we were that like inspired me to actually create a band as opposed to the sounds. They like these guys are in a band. I can be in a band too. Um, Nerd. Uh, Pharrell's band, Pharrell, Chad Hugo, and Shay Haley. Um, that was a uh, that was like this is really cool um, because they're really fusing hip hop. You could see hip hop is really in this, um, uh, but um, it's not hip hop. It's rock. This is rock, um, and uh, that was a big band. Prince, um, Prince uh, is my idol. Um, I went to his last show in Toronto. Uh, moved to tears uh, and. Uh, like uh, he's just the funkiest dude, funkiest cat. Doesn't care about anything. Uh, George Clinton, um, uh, uh, Parliament Funkadelic, uh, Ohio Players. Um, those are the bands that we just liked. Um, I don't know if there's a particular band that uh, we were like, this is cool. We wanna, we wanna do something like this. We just want, we just wanted to play. Um, and more recently, it's been like, um, I. I just want to I I feel like the bands that I know that I love uh were not quiet um they were loud uh and whether that's loud in their image loud in their voice loud in their sound uh um they were loud the, you had to pay attention to them they like demanded that you paid attention to them through one of those aspects and I think that's kind of what we're channeling now uh bands like uh, Nirvana. Nirvana is just, it's not like they were the super self promoters. They're just loud. The sound was loud. It was different. It was raw. Uh, and it, you were forced to pay attention. It was the Beatles on, on drugs. Um, uh, more drugs. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, uh, so, so uh, uh, different drugs, whatever. 
um, bands like Nirvana, uh, like Kanye West. Um, like I just want to be loud so people pay attention because like I don't know how much. Um, yo, mu- music music is tough. Like you, uh, like I want. I actually want to ask you this. Like um, making songs is is a very personal thing. <laughs> like uh, uh, so, like when I make these songs, like I'm literally trying to put my my heart on paper and be honest on paper and sing it out and tell people, and uh, and like I deal with like the insecurity of what if they don't like it, uh, uh, and that's why I comic creep, <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> what if they don't what if they don't like it? This is my heart. This is literally my heart. Um, like this is what. I'm not lying. I'm being authentic. This is my heart. Um, do you ever, do you, when you're writing a song, uh, ever experience any type of insecurity? Lyric-wise. Lyric-wise, or yeah. Or mu- music-wise. Um, I think it's more music-wise that I'm more insecure because even though the music end of it is more collaborative because the three of us write the songs and, you know, JC arranges all of it. Um yeah. Lyric wise is more personal because it's me. I'm I have domain of that, um, and I'm not worried about whether people like the lyrics or not. In fact, uh, <laughs> people have constantly criticized my lyrics from day one to now about either they're too um, simple or they're always about the same thing or they're too meathead um, and. I laugh because I disagree and I can probably argue uh, against it. Um, so I, I don't, it's weird that I do, I don't like it when people don't like what we do, but yeah. I don't take personal offense that it's a, a mark against me. Like you've wounded me personally because yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. personal. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there is a certain amount of, uh, space between the lyrics and like me or like you described your heart um, mm-hmm. I deliberately put the space in between so um, so there is some sort of protection yeah. um, so maybe that's a reason why I don't get hurt so deeply if yeah. someone reacts but I will react if someone says like uh, oh this is terrible I mean this is black. and then I'll go oh don't you know the reference it's from this album. You don't know yeah. that album? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Yeah. I'm, that's another thing is I always throw in like references from older albums of other bands and stuff like that. And if someone's going to criticize without reference, making comment about the reference, then I dismiss them as to not knowing what they're talking about. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the the last album, not the last album, but the previous album, we had a song called "She Likes It," mm-hmm. and that can be that title can be interpreted in a myriad of ways. Absolutely. But if you don't know "I Like It" by Ike and Tina off the Feel Good album, where Ooh. I where I lifted two lines off it, and the song is actually about Tina Turner, then you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> love it! I love it! I love it! When Cash came out, one of the noted one that actually comments i noticed is that you know who they're like you know who their lyrics are like danko jones uh and i was like you know what great uh, I, 
I fucking love it. That um, is the uh, highest praise one can oh, get. This is it. That's yeah. the highest praise that you got. It's, I, I now I can retire. I feel <laughs> like it's good because, uh, like, if that's yes, I will love it. Um, it's because it's not simple. It's it's direct. Uh, it's aggressive. It's raw. It's emotional. Um, like, take it in. coming out in October with all these singles on it, right? Yes, yeah. The singles will be on the album. We're probably going to release another one late August, uh, which is my favorite song on the album. Okay. Uh, and uh, um, this is the first song I think we did uh, lyrics on when we were recording, on it, when we were recording it. And um, it, it, we got to work with Dave Schiffman for this uh, record. And um, it was one of the records where this is the first time I ever worked with like a producer and I didn't know how that went, uh, and uh, but it was actually a marvelous experience with him because he pushed me to be a better songwriter. But this was one of the songs where he originally just didn't believe in it, uh, and uh, I was like, "Let's go, let's go, let's just see how where we take this." It's now my favorite one. It's the it, right in the studio. There was a moment when uh, we uh, put some bongos on it, and everybody just kind of looked at each other, and they're like, "Yes." I get it now, and from then I went on and like rewrote like three or four of the songs on the album, uh, <laughs> and because uh, I felt like we just found our true self. Um, so that should be the next uh, song that comes out uh, late August, and then we're gonna kind of regroup and see um, what do we do, where are we, uh, and uh, how do we get the next track out. Then the fourth single will probably be the announcement of the album. It'll probably come with the album. So the album is done. Album's done. Been done since last year. Damn. This pandemic, man. It's just... In a way, it's really good that you're putting out these singles, keeping your name out there, and then also, you know, with not being able to tour, you guys are still... You still are on everybody's lips, you know, and, and in the forefront, I think. That's good. We're yelling now. We're, before, we were just kind of... Oh, happy to be here, yada, yada, yada. Now we're like, pay attention to us, pay attention to us. Um, do you see what we're doing over here? Pay attention. So we're doing that now. Good, um, good. Because good. We, ha- we have to, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we have to. I want, I want somebody to feel something. And whether it's, whether it's love, whether it's hate, uh, I accept. Um, I just don't want it to be indifference uh, because that, that would kill us as a band. Um, you got to feel something, feel something. Uh, and... Uh, so with this album, what sucks about it the most is um, in February of 2018, uh, February to like March of 2018, we went on a tour, uh, our last tour at the Four Piece, um, and we went on a tour uh, with a band named Mandao Diao, 
and they're uh, they're very very big out there. Uh, they're from uh, Sweden, and uh, they took us on tour for more than a month, and it was great. Um, it was a horrible experience for me, um, not because of them. They were fantastic, but like there are a lot of just internal things that were happening that um, that like made me question if I was even good at music. Uh, so when we got back. Uh, I was like, yo, I need some time away from this because I feel like I'm going crazy and uh, it's it's getting hard uh, to keep on going. Um, so I took away, I literally didn't talk to anybody in the band for like the whole year except the drummer. And I talked to the drummer because uh, we managed uh, a, we managed his brother uh, who's a rapper. Uh, so I was talking to him every day, but, um, I, but not about OBGM stuff. And uh, slowly I started just going back to the studio by myself and... Uh, writing songs and they all sucked and i was like this sucks these suck they don't make me feel anything they're not real uh and uh and i kind of just asked for a sign as to why am i here five days a week from six to like 2 a.m by myself drinking <laughs> so and the sign was since i wasn't really making music for myself i was getting results that were from the past I was trying to fit in a particular box, and that box is already broken. It's already out. Um, so as soon as I started making honest music for myself, like I started making a lot of tracks. I made like 60 to 100 demos, uh, and uh, I reformed the band later that year, what, February 20th, 2019? And, um, and we broke we the album, recorded the album by September, and the uh, pandemic happened in February, right when we were going to come out. So, so, um, yeah, it sucks. It really, really sucks. Um, you can have a plan, and there may be another plan <laughs> that comes out about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's just how it goes. But right. you know, we'll we'll all get over this uh, yeah. sooner than later, I believe, because every every week there's we inch closer and closer to the finish line of this problem, and I think yeah. it. it you know, uh, realistically, I think it'll be months and months and months, but it won't be years and years. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll all be rocking together. I think so. But um, listen, Denzel, this has been great, man. Um, love talking and chatting it up and catching up with the OBGMs. Yes, thank you so much, Nanko. I really appreciate it.